All right, everyone out there who's stock rich and cash poor, what if you could generate liquidity from your private company shares without giving away the upside? Well, Shares Post is now offering loans against private company shares and loans to exercise stock options. Shares Post Lending, the new liquidity solution. Visit sharespost.com. Welcome to Equity. It's a special Equity Shot episode about Dropbox, which is off to the races today in its debut. Um, Just here with Eric Kim, who's a managing partner at Goodwater Capital. Thanks for having me. And uh, thank you for being here. Actually, uh, you're an interesting guest to have because you've been doing these reports Mm -hmm. that you invest, but you also do research. Right, And VCs don't know what to make of it, and you've had some <laughs> controversial reports before. Sure, I've heard sure. VCs buzzing, and they've asked me, they're like, do you know what Goodwater Capital is? And, right, And right. so you're here to tell us what it is, but also, <laughs> really more importantly, what's happening with Dropbox today, and what should we be looking at here? Right. So, um, so yeah, you're at Goodwater, you're doing research on, on Dropbox. Like, what have you found about them that you think investors, public investors, should know about? Yeah, so Goodwater was start, started in 2014. We're a consumer tech-focused venture capital firm, and we've been putting out these reports that are really fact-based, research-driven uh, uh, reports about interesting companies that are often going public or prominent companies uh, that have, uh, you know, kind of unicorn status, if you will, in the venture community. I think Dropbox is a really interesting uh, case study, especially today as you see it it popping 40%. It's essentially gone from an enterprise multiple of 8.3x, which is where it priced yesterday at $21 a share. Now at $30 a share, it's at a, a, a Facebook multiple and a fle- <laughs> uh, Netflix multiple of 12x uh, 2017 revenue. So I think the, the really interesting thing here is that we often find that companies that are a- able to navigate the intersection of different industries or technologies actually are often the ones positioned to create the most equity value. So in this case, you know, Dropbox has really navigated well the conversation, are you a consumer company or are you an enterprise company? And they're saying it's not an or, it's an and. We're a consumer company and we're an enterprise company. They have the benefits of the 500 million user base that's kind of in its Rolodex, if you will, and being able to convert that over time is really uh, kind of the power to them. At the same time, if you were to just compare them to enterprise companies, they actually don't look that great. So if you were to compare them to a dro- uh, a box, for example, which a lot of people are doing, or to a Salesforce, if you just looked at like classic SaaS or enterprise uh, metric like uh, revenue retention, they're at about 90%. Uh, a top class, you know, even uh, at Box or Salesforce, they're at 115% or plus. You know, they have negative churn essentially. But Dropbox, if you're again, if you're just to look at it as an enterprise company, it's not necessarily best in class. But you have to add to that the consumer elements that it has. It has a 500 million user base. Again, being able to convert that, it looks a little bit more like Spotify or Netflix, right? Huh. Yeah. Well, yeah, and we have Spotify coming up too. So, so what do you so what do you think about Box then as an investment? Mm-hmm. I mean, we had we've had Aaron Levy right, on the show right. actually, and he talked all about the differences between the two companies. I mean, while they look similar from um, a product perspective, they actually have totally different business models. They're a lot more enterprise focused. Right. Uh, they really um, spend a lot. Actually, they have a lot more costs though in spending on sales and marketing, right. and um, really getting those large enterprises to sign up. Whereas Dropbox, uh, it's. It, 
it's been a controversy on whether they should be considered an <laughs> enterprise or consumer company exactly. or what have you because yeah. really uh, they have uh, 11 million out of their 500 million registered <laughs> users actually pay right. for the thing and actually many of those people paying aren't paying through their job they're mm-hmm. just paying out of their own pocket and they may use it for work or whatever they use it for but uh, it's not enterprise sales per se although they do have some of that as portion of their revenue right. so I mean I mean, what do you think is the better business model Dropbox or Box? You're right well, so the market today is valuing Box at about 6x uh, 2017 revenues. And, and if you were just to take a snapshot in time today, you know, look at looking at the Dropbox multiple, it, if you, the market is saying it's 2x valuable or it's valued at 12x. Uh, I think they're, they're very different businesses, though. And, and what Aaron is, has achieved uh, at Box over the past few years, taking it public and taking the stock price to where it is today, it's valued you know, roughly 2x where it went public at. Um, it, you know they've done a great job becoming a classic enterprise company. Box has seventy four thousand clients, if, if you will. On average, we we've done the math. They have about three hundred thirty people, uh, or you know, that belong to each of those teams or clients. Uh, Dropbox, on their hand, has three hundred thousand business teams or clients. On average, they have about ten people per team. So they're very different businesses. Dropbox is really targeting kind of the small, medium businesses, versus Box is really going after Coca Cola or the huge enterprises at this point. And so with that comes you know much higher sales and marketing costs. Uh, Dropbox would uh, for Box Box would say we're uh, Dropbox would say we're highly efficient because of kind of this. Trojan horse through the consumer to the enterprise. So again, I think they're they're very different businesses in that box can really be evaluated against classic SaaS multiples and enterprise kind of uh, metrics. While Dropbox, you, we really need to think about this this hybrid between a Salesforce or a box. And I think it's also, by the way, interesting that Salesforce invested $100 million in this IPO. Um, but at the same time, it's got this consumer characteristics, which makes it, you know, very efficient. On a billion dollars of sales, you know, they've produced about $300 million of cash flow this past year. And that's a metric that folks are really keyed on in on this point. I think the key question going forward, uh, you know, I think we understand how Box will continue to grow. It's more salespeople. It's getting more clients on enterprise uh, on their platform. For Dropbox, I think what people will be, pay- be paying attention to is how can it continue to convert its 500 million consumer base into paying clients and what that retur- uh, retention and churn looks like over time. So um, right now, you know, Dropbox is popping a lot. Um, mm-hmm. We'll have to do the math here and figure out where its valuation is. And by the time you're listening, it will be something different. But whatever it was, it priced below its last private round. And people, and that's like a very controversial stat, apparently. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, there, you know, obviously valuations change and they're just a moment in time, as do stock prices. But reporters do acknowledge when investors lost money on these companies, even if they didn't lose that much money or, you know, it's still worth acknowledging because, um, first of all, a whole ecosystem of companies is valued against these companies. Mm-hmm. It's a data point. Right. And, and with comparables, you're measuring how these companies compare to other similar companies. And maybe even companies that aren't that similar are still using these as data points for in terms of multiples. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 important to have accurate information. And also Dropbox was um, frankly symptomatic of a time where things got overvalued around 2014, 2015. There were a lot of companies that valuations got 
carried away. There we're seeing many, many companies like Dropbox. Actually, Dropbox, you know, they are faring pretty they're doing really well on their first day, but many others haven't done as well. Some have done well on the public markets like Square, but others lost people a lot of money mm-hmm. and um, just, yeah, they just completely overestimated what how these companies were going to do on the stock market. What do you think about all this talk about this? I know VCs love to say, especially early VCs, because that it it turned out well for most people because, yeah, yeah it's a huge milestone. Anyone who's been since at the company since the very beginning, anyone who's been invested in the company since the very beginning makes a ton of money. Sure. Uh, right. But, I mean, when, when you have these late-stage investors that completely miss the mark, especially when they could have been investing in the stock market, which has done really well in the past mm-hmm. few years, uh, it really compounds the fact that they made a pretty bad error. Right. What, like, what do you think about all this? Right. Speaking from personal experience, you know, we were Series A investors in a company called Kakao Talk out of South Korea that went public in 2014 uh, at a $9.6 billion valuation. If you look at their market cap today, it's around $10 billion, right? So it hasn't necessarily been market during that period. And and by no means, even as an early investor or a friend uh, you know, of, of, of the company, um, do we rest on our laurels and, and say, hey, you know, things have been great since the Series A, so we don't really care what happens to IPO investors or anything like that. No, we absolutely do care. It's really important for the overall ecosystem to be really healthy, to be fact-based, to understand uh, what it takes to be successful at various points in time, not just the early stage. And so as we think about these high-flying names and, and, and companies that are going public, that's exactly why we've started. We've come out with Goodwater Thesis and these consumer uh, technology-related reports, is to lay out the facts and to bridge that gap often between Silicon Valley and Wall Street because the whole ecosystem really needs to benefit. And the more we can think long-term, not just how do we uh, optimize to an IPO exit, we think IPOs are a financing a point in time in a long history for a company often. And so how can we set up the, how can we best educate everyone ourselves about what it takes to be successful, not in just the short term from series A to IPO, but beyond as well, I think is really important. And so I think being able to kind of stare in the face of facts, uh, do our research and help prepare companies uh, for the long term is really important and it'll be beneficial for f- folks. In the case of Dropbox, I think the, the fact that they uh, ended up did pricing their, their IPO uh, certainly lower than the, the last private round investors um, uh, you know, expectations uh, would be my guess. Um, it's probably. <laughs> well, I mean, they, right. I don't. I think it's an educated, reasonable yes. guess to assume right. they didn't want to lose right. money. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. think, I think that's a fair <laughs> assumption. So it, it's it, it's it's got to be strategic because the yeah. the question is how what's what's the long term? If you're huge believers in in, in uh, uh, Mr. Houston and the team and and all the folks uh, of the Dropbox management team and their vision for bringing consumer centric products, you know, you're you're going to be looking at the long term and figure out, hey, can uh, is this a $10 billion company or $12 billion or $15 billion company? More important than that, is this a $50 billion company? And and what is that what does that horizon look like? And so I think that they that the, those folks are still hopefully they they are still invested with it. If they you know happen to exit, then yes, they did lose money. Uh, I think the question is and why research is important and by staring you know kind of everything 
directly head on is important is so that you can come up with a long-term perspective and figure out what do you want to do over time as an investor and also for an entrepreneurs. How long is Dropbox going to stay in the game here? How, how long do they, do, they, do they want to pursue this mission? I'm sure there's a lot of strategic interest and a lot of M&A interest. Uh, it sounds like, and when I look at well, the Who S1, do you think would buy them? Well, I think it's interesting that Salesforce invested $100 million in their IPO. Yeah. I, I think it's also interesting that Salesforce bought Quip just this past year. And they just bought Mealsoft this week, which is totally different, but it just shows that they're really willing right. to, to spend some money right, right now. I think the similarities between Quip and Paper for Dropbox are uncanny. I don't know if you've used either product, but they look very similar. And the fact that, uh, that Salesforce bought Quip and has started to integrate that into their more consumer-friendly stack, I think those are it's just kind of interesting strategically. I have no insight myself into what will happen, but I think I it's think very you're strategic. Insightful. But yeah, no, I think and that that's that's an interesting point. So these days we have a lot of companies doing what's called a dual track, where they're entertaining both acquisition offers um, while they're preparing for their IPO. I mean, you know, it sounds like you don't have direct knowledge here, but. Do you think that that might have been possible? I mean, it sounds like maybe, um, you know, Salesforce could have been a possible, possible buyer. We don't we don't know. Uh, but me- maybe there were other companies that could have possibly talked to Dropbox. Right. It, it, if I look at their trading multiple today, even at 12x and where it's popped today, it looks like there's a acquisition premium being built into that multiple as it is as the market looks at 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 Dropbox, and again, we're completely outside in. As we look at that uh, from the outside, it does look like an incredibly strategic asset that it would work really, really well with Salesforce, that a company like Apple could integrate it really well into their platform, that even Google, they've done some integrations with Dropbox already. It could, it could be very strategic to them as well. I think there, it's if you think about purely the 500 million users that um, Dropbox has on its platform, what is that worth to someone? What's that worth to an Apple? What's that worth to Facebook? What's that worth to any of these strategic players? What about Google? Google, I think it, 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 it's it's probably still not too late, um, even though they've invested heavily on in Google Drive. Um, and so it's, it would be very complimentary in many ways because you have a pretty clean interface with Dropbox. And then can you integrate that as more the storage solution on top of or that's powering Google's more collaborative solution? So I think it's it, it, I think there's going to be that acquisition premium, again, total, total conjecture and guess on my part outside in. But it, it does seem like there is a lot of um, potential interest in Dropbox over time. And so what's your outlook for IPOs in general right now? I mean, mm-hmm. so we have um, well, we have Zora, which is coming up. Um, we actually just had Zscaler. Um, I broke the news of DocuSign. We we I don't know what else we have. We've heard rumors and other things that are on the horizon. But do you have any insight here on what's coming up or on um, just the outlook for the IPO window in general? Right. Uh, I think Spotify is going to be the juggernaut coming down the pike here. So if you look at Spotify, I mean, Spot- uh, Dropbox, a billion in sales in 2017. Uh, you know. It, uh, uh, if you look purely at just sales, Spotify is five times bigger. Its user base, is paying subscriber base is 71 million, so seven times bigger than a Dropbox today. Again, both great, 
very interesting companies have created a lot of value. But I think Spotify is a, a potential juggernaut coming down the pike. We did a thesis report as well. So uh, you're, are you well. optimistic on them? I think in general, there's a lot of comparisons to Netflix, which is mm-hmm. great for them. And the fact that Netflix also trades at a 12 times 2017 multiple, I think is a great comp. That's probably why they're choosing to go out right now, because multiples are very healthy right now for consumer subscription-like companies. And so also great for Dropbox as well. I'm sure that's having a, a great impact for them too. You're not the first person to mention that to me that they should be viewed more like Netflix than say Pandora. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because you know from a product perspective I mean Pandora seems a lot more relevant but right. um, but yeah maybe in terms of some of their licensing agreements and all that some people think it's more like Netflix. Um, but what do you think about what they're doing with not doing an IPO, like whatever they're doing, the direct <laughs> listing where everyone is like, a, it's like a giant secondary taken to the public markets. Right, um, right. Everyone's selling shares and buying shares and companies not raising money. I mean, doesn't that seem kind of risky? They had to acknowledge <laughs> in their S1 that it was right. risky. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going oh, they're F1, against the by grain. The way. They're F1, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's definitely against the grain. I, I, I haven't met Daniel Eck personally, or I don't know him, uh, but it, from what it sounds, it, 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 you know, and the kind of the Spotify ethos, I'm, I'm not surprised because they're really trying to kind of democratize uh, music, bring it to the to everyone, and in in many ways, by going doing doing a direct listing where anyone can buy and anyone can sell, there's no lockup period. Uh, it's he they're making a very clear statement to the market that they want this to be owned by the people, that this is going to own by the market directly. It's not through an exclusive kind of IPO process where only select investors have access, depending if you're part of the roadshow or not. They're saying, hey, we're going to go out and the market will dictate what happens. So it's a very non-conventional approach. I think it's because they have kind of the scale that they're at, that they're able to do this. Google also, when they went with kind of their auction process back in the day, it was also a very unconventional approach. So I think Spotify is saying, hey, we're an unconventional company. We've gone this way by being who we are, and we want an IPO that's consistent with our ethos and, and mission and values. So I think that's kind of their their approach to it. Uh, we'll see where it goes. Ultimately, it comes down to the fundamentals of their business. And they, you know, they have 71 million subscribers at this point. They're growing quite Rapidly, I think they're going to work on ARPU right now. It's about half Average that. revenue per user. Is yeah. that, sorry, sorry. Yeah, exactly. For our listeners. Yes. Um, so they'll be at kind of their half that of Dropbox today. So it's called six bucks versus Dropbox is at 10 to 11 bucks. Netflix is obviously a little bit higher as well. Um, but again, I think folks will, you know, I, I'm sure Spotify would love a Netflix multiple. I think why Netflix has gotten the multiple they have is because they've been able to go into Netflix branded content. And I think one of the questions for Spotify is, can they produce that similar kind of kind of environment and ecosystem within music and sound? Can you create Spotify exclusive content as well? I think that's kind of a big TBD uh, or a similar position within the music industry that Netflix has within entertainment broadly. So will Spotify be more like Netflix or Pandora? Well, we'll see about that pretty soon but thanks for tuning in come back next week all right everyone we want to say a special thanks to our producer TechCrunch's own Christopher Gates our executive producer Henry Pickavet thank you to Katie Roof thank you to Matthew Lindley and thank you to you for leaving us that five star iTunes review that's Equity we'll see you all next Friday hey.